Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're taking a look at Canada. It was a recent prediction of market collapse of 10 to 20% in real estate prices. The prediction came from Canada's top bank regulator. We also have bureaucrats and politicians out there blaming house flippers for the run-up in property prices. So we're going to take a deeper look at how real estate markets work and see if we agree with the head banking regulator. While the example we're looking at is here in Canada, the same thinking can be applied to your local market conditions. It astounds me that people we have placed in charge of our financial system don't know how markets function. They don't understand the laws of supply and demand. Peter Rutledge head of the Office of the Superintendent of Financial Institutions in Canada, was quoted this week saying that the run-up in prices was due to readily available mortgages, and I agree with that, and a propensity among Canadians to buy and flip homes, all of which have fueled the buying frenzy. His contention is that rising interest rates will result in a softening of market prices, because home affordability simply won't be possible at higher interest rates. So let's break this apart into the contributing factors. Number one, interest rates are going up. Anyone with a brain recognizes that's inevitable. With the devaluation of the currency at elevated levels, lenders have to attach a risk premium to lending funds. Rising interest rates will absolutely be a market headwind. But there's an even larger market tailwind, and this is where I think the banking regulator is failing to take things into account. Both Canada and the U.S. have seen below average rates of immigration for several years. And despite this, we still have very tight market conditions. Some of that was policy-driven. Some of it was the result of reduced mobility during the pandemic. Canada is forecast to add between 350 to 400,000 immigrants per year in each of the next two years. That amounts to about 1% population growth per year through immigration. When you consider that it takes a year to get zoning approval for a new build in most major Canadian cities will not expect to see a major increase in new housing starts until the demand is already well upon us. We have a situation, for example, in my home city, that inventory for sale is less than one month of sales volume. We still have most properties selling above asking price in multiple offers. The national housing starts in December was at a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 236,000 units. That's for the entire nation. Multiple urban starts, that is multifamily, were at an annual rate of 157,000 units, and detached homes were at an annual rate of 55,000 units. Rural starts were at an annual rate of 23,000 units. Most immigrants settle in the major cities, and many of these immigrants come with a significant amount of cash with which to purchase real estate. We have a situation where demand is far in excess of supply, and there's very little on the horizon that will change the supply picture. All of the major cities are full. Vancouver's full, Ottawa's full, Calgary's full, Toronto's full. If we had 350 to 400,000 people appear on our doorstep tomorrow, where would they go? It's just not obvious. There is not that supply. The lag time between demand and additional supply hitting the market is simply too large. So immigration is a huge tailwind that, in my opinion, will dwarf the headwind resulting from modest interest rate increases. In my local market, new buyers in detached homes are 37% from the local market and 63% from outside the city. So even demand in my home city is being dominated by out-of-town buyers. Now, this is just my prediction from everything that I'm seeing when we take all of the headwinds and tailwinds into account. I'm still seeing a lot of pressure from the demand side of the equation and not that much downward pressure on the market. If you want further evidence to support my thesis, the Canadian banking regulator imposed a qualifying interest rate that is higher than the actual interest rate by two full percentage points. 
So the minimum qualifying interest rate is five and a quarter percent for anyone buying a new house today, even with a conventional loan, even though the actual market interest rate is much less. That new regulation was imposed seven months ago, and the purpose of that qualifying rate was to cool off a supposedly overheated housing market. And in seven months, I'm not seeing much visible impact. We saw a small impact for a couple of months through the summer after the rule was implemented, and now seven months later, we're not seeing the impact of that new regulation, at least in my opinion. Finally, let's talk about another factor these bureaucrats are blaming for high housing costs. It's those darn house flippers. Well, I'm sorry to say the banking regulator has it backwards. House flippers don't add to housing demand. They actually add to the housing supply. House flippers take old obsolete houses and renovate them to create properties that are marketable. The vast majority of buyers don't want to buy physically distressed properties. They seek properties that are in move-in condition. There's a few amateur flippers out there that sometimes destroy value in the market. These are poorly executed flips where the owner makes poor quality improvements. These houses are now stuck in a no-man's land. The end buyer won't pay the premium for the shoddy renovation, and they won't sell at the original pre-renovation price. But professional house flippers who deliver high-quality products in the market are offering these newly redeveloped homes in the market. If they were overpriced, they wouldn't be selling. These homes are selling into demand that exists. The few months of ownership during the renovation process is not really taking supply out of the market. They're ultimately adding to the housing stock of quality homes. Now, we can't do a thorough economic analysis of the entire housing market in just five minutes. Will these current market conditions continue forever? No, of course not. They're not sustainable. But frankly, in my opinion, they had banking regulators failing to take into account all of the headwinds and tailwinds, at least over the next 12 months. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. I'll talk to you again tomorrow.